from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. Hello, Americus. Houston, we have a problem. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes. Hello. Oh, oh. <laughs> Hello. I, I thought you were talking about space. You're talking about our fillies. Our fi- ladies and germs, our fillies. Give us the score because you watched oh very God. intently Seven last night. 7 0. Oh, yes, the Phillies. 2 1 series lead on the Houston Astros. The Philadelphia Eagles are 7 and 0. Oh my God! I mean, God. what more can you want, right? And and our our players who are wonderful accre- accredited all to the fans. Yes, like they and it was like forty seven thousand fans yes. all in favor. All of, in favor. You know, there was a really cute story in the Philadelphia Inquirer. Did you see that? I did. Yes. The yes. one reporter they made wear an Astros <laughs> t shirt to yes. the game to see what would happen to her. Yes. And yes. she survived. She survived. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, <laughs> you know, because they boo Santa and throw you know. Snowballs at Santa. But this is incredible because we talk about brands, Barbara, and the, the culture, the tribe, the community. And it's just a great story. Like the Phillies, oh, they're not supposed it. to be there. They're scrappy. They're blue collar. They're hanging in there. They're a chaotic mess. <laughs> and here they are. And it's just oh, a beautiful story. Yes. It was so yeah. great. That was the best game. It was yeah. such a good game. And awesome. they got zero. Yes. 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 <laughs> it was, was a huge hit, if you will. Was, yes, it but, was. Ter- and on yes. Thursday, we got a big problem. Huge. Because the Eagles are playing and the Phillies yes. are playing. You're going to have to pick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. yeah. Yeah. So that's an issue. But if you live in Philadelphia, you're, you're excited. Happy. You're yeah. very, very happy right you're now. Really happy. Yeah, yeah. But let's let's move on to our show, <laughs> shall we? Uh, because we do have a guest here, and we're yes. really excited because this is one of our favorite guests. Mm-hmm. We have for our hit and miss section of the week Peter Adams, who's the senior reporter of Marketing Dive. And I have to say, I was looking at what Peter's been writing about, Ooh. and he's been touching on all the major stories Huge. that yes. are happening. So if we want to be up to date with the news, all we have to do is invite Peter to our show and he can keep us honest. Hello, Peter. Thanks for being here. Hi, Peter. Thanks so much for having me on and for a very flattering introduction. (laughs) (laughs) We're always happy to have the journalistic guru with us to just take us deep inside the stories that are the goings-on in the marketing world. Yeah, so should we dive right in? Um, we can look at the order you wrote them yeah. in, or you can pick um, which ones you think you're most interested in speaking about. Yeah, and so, yeah. I was just going to say, because this is our hit or miss portion of the show, our one of our favorite segments, Barbara, yeah, because we, we actually get to hear these absolutely interesting things that are going on in the marketing world, and then you and I, and Peter, will assess whether or not that is a hit or a miss, and it's a great part of the show. Bullseye. Or miss. Just a bit outside. Oh! I love it. I'm so excited. Yeah, so Peter, you've been talking about Elon Musk, Coles, Meadow, the, the metaverse. The metaverse. Google, I, or for what YouTube, or, like you name it, you've written about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what have you got so, for us, Peter? Yeah, well, it's an interesting uh, tee up to a discussion around uh, smarter not smart moves in the marketing world you know you mentioned the the musk story that's kind of been uh dominating uh a lot of the attention on social media obviously on twitter uh there was an interesting report that came out that uh media brands uh the ipg uh, media agency 
had advised some of its clients to pause uh, spending on Twitter for mm. uh, a week mm. as the Musk transition uh, kind of happens. And I'm, I am kind of curious to hear uh, whether you think that is a, a savvy play, uh, a misstep. Mm. Uh, obviously, the Twitter takeover is completed. Uh, and, you know, immediately Musk is a little bit of a, a firebrand. He's right. got some stuff that's raised a few red flags, uh, <laughs> as long as, as well as clearing out a pretty sub- substantial part of Twitter's executive team. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm curious if you have any uh, thoughts on that matter. So the media brands works with the big brands like Coca-Cola, American mm. Express, mm-hmm. J&J. These mm-hmm. are all brands that need to be careful. Mm. And I suppose the guess is, let's just see how the wind blows here. <laughs> you know, if people are going to jump off, if Elon Musk is going to be able to manage all of this. And supposedly he's a savvy businessman and he's trying to make it a better platform for advertisers. But on the other hand, he has some pretty strong political opinions. Mm. So I think it's it's hard to say which way it's going to go. I mean, I think the other thing that's interesting, so I was having a conversation with someone today, Peter, about the difference in how people receive Elon Musk versus how they receive Mark Zuckerberg. Because a similar kind of situation mm. with like the, the the word being tossed around is meta worse <laughs> <laughs> because things aren't looking so good. But the question being asked is like, why do people rally around Elon and why do they not rally in the same way around, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and, and meta, if you will. And part of it in this conversation was what Peter was kind of pointing to here, which is the idea that this cult of personality, which is the Musk brand, it's captivating. It's like watching the train wreck. It's sort of, you know what I mean? There's something that's going to happen. <laughs> and like you don't want to turn your eyes away. Yeah. And so you know, there's part of that mystique and part of that brand and thinking about that. And so brands probably are like, you know, we don't want to jump off this too quickly, but let's kind of take a cautionary tale yeah. and let's see a little bit what happens. But at the same time, I think to myself, Barbara, you know, I remember the times when YouTube had no ads and when ads started popping up on YouTube and I didn't like it. But you know what? Life went on. <laughs> so, you know, some of these things about how to monetize, you know, What's going on with Twitter, I think, is, is an interesting thing. And, and my pers- you know, personal point of view is that I'm not sure I'd ever want to bet against that guy. The guy who said, you know, hey, I think I'm going to take on NASA. The guy who said, I, I think I'm going to take on the entire internal combustion engine industry. This guy who doesn't have I can't in his vocabulary, I'm not sure I want to bet against him. Yeah, Peter, what was your thought on it when you were writing the story? There's just a very interesting tension where he... Uh, has these kind of dueling modes of thought as to how he's going to approach running, um, you know, the, the, the Twitter business. Uh, you know, it's important to remember that unlike, you know, Tesla, which is reliant on, uh, you know, car sales, you know, Twitter drives 90% or so of its revenue from advertising. Um, so it's there's a chance you could come up with an alternative product to make money for it, but that would probably take a little bit of time to test and develop, whereas in the short term, uh, he needs to kind of keep brands on the platform now. Um, so on the one hand, he claims to be like a free speech absolutist. Uh, you know, he seems to have indicated that he would let certain people who have been banned from the platform mm, return. Yeah. Um, and I think advertisers just at the moment find, uh, you know, brand safety and where they appear oh. online uh, pretty paramount. They don't want to be appearing, as you said, you know, his cult of personality, part of his brand it can be like watching a train wreck. That's fun in a meta sense. Uh, <laughs> I don't think. I don't think that uh, you know, advertisers want to appear next to a train wreck. Um, yeah, so had... he's put out 
Go ahead, sorry. I was going to say, while you're talking about this, the other thing brands care about is, you know, people on the platform. Have you seen any organized exodus of people leaving Twitter that might matter yet? No, I think, you know, people who are on Twitter are pretty hooked on it. Mm. I'm sure you've got a few people who have left. Uh, but, you know, right. it, it, it is one of those things where Twitter is a big hub yeah. for media, mm. for politicians, for business people. Right. They're going to kind of want to be tapped into this, um, you know, barring it going totally off the rails. Because mm. just anecdotally, you know, nothing about the website has really changed. There's some third party analysis that have found upticks and stuff like uh, hate speech mm, and right, things like that, right, which is right. really unfortunate. Right. Uh, but in terms of the actual user experience, otherwise, I mean, the website still works. It's still an important place to read about and break news and things like that. Um, so, you know, I, I haven't seen a user exodus, but, yeah. you know, six months from now, if things haven't uh, stabilized a little bit, if, if there isn't kind of a better control at the leadership level, could mm. people start to leave? Yeah. It's possible. L yeah. Let me ask you a question, Barbara. What would it take for you to get off of Twitter? I don't know. I've been considering it. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> but the thing is, I have however many thousands yeah. of followers. Yeah. I'll never get them back. Like, yeah. not, it's not like they're coming with me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I yeah. already built up my own little personal brand for sure. on Twitter. That's and, interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, so I feel like I have something to lose if I leave because it's oh, a platform where right, I have right. the most engagement. Mm. And I do, as much as I, you know, I'm not sure what I think of Elon Musk. I do think <laughs> in the end he is a businessman yeah. and he, he understands that he's got a lot of money on the line here. Yeah. And this, like Peter said, that revenue source is advertising. Right. So if you lose your advertising, you're in trouble. He's, I can't imagine he's going to do something that's really going to kill that. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. But uh, if you're asking whether or not media brands, you know, wait and see attitude is a hit or a miss, I personally think that's a hit. Interesting. Because I think wait and see wait before and you see. just jump without yeah. looking is yeah. probably a decent idea. For yeah. The kinds of brands that they represent. Yeah. I think it makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think to your point, Barbara, there's a lot of equity there. There's a lot of, I mean, it's it's very interesting. Brands spend decades building up their you know their meaning system and their brand equity, and so you would not want to put that in jeopardy, uh, you know, just because of what's going on with Twitter. So I think you want to protect that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Let's move on because you mentioned Zuckerberg. Let's move on to Meta because you talked about Meta also, and Meta or Facebook or whatever you want to call <laughs> has huge declines again, and yeah. it's for a different reason. They've like overinvested in metaverse yeah. and three D and virtual reality. And I was listening to a podcast uh, about people who have been trying it and like trying. You mean trying the products? Yeah, that, trying that, the virtual that, reality, yeah. trying to give yeah. them a chance, and they've been getting nauseous. You know, <laughs> and they. Ooh. Uh, you know, yeah, and not not because the content's so bad, but because <laughs> it's the literal virtual... vertigo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's a different argument. What's going on with Meta? It's not really the same thing as what's going on with Twitter. Peter, what did your reporting tell us? Yeah, I mean, I think you've kind of keyed into something there when you mentioned that you know even people who are willing to give this stuff a spin, the the, the true virtual reality experiences, Meta wants to build a spin. Uh, you know, it's uh, it, it can be an unpleasant experience for many. Uh, this has been the knock against VR since it was introduced. Like, what are the use cases? Yes. What is the appetite for it? Who can actually afford this hardware? And they're not questions that Zuckerberg has many uh, appealing answers yep. to. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, for the first time this quarter, 
you know, uh, meta, meta platforms revenue, I should say, declined for the first time ever last quarter. Mm-hmm. Now it's in its second consecutive quarter of declines. Yep. So this is a business that until very recently was on just a meteoric upward trajectory and mm. now is losing a massive amount Scary. of val- value. Yep. And when Zuckerberg, you know, uh, gets questioned about this stuff you know he's saying the metaverse is a long-term project they're gonna have to spend billions on it every year Mm. but this is a publicly traded company um that has not proved that this has wide mainstream appeal yes yes uh and historically if we're talking about vr specifically there's Mm -hmm. other aspects of the metaverse that maybe have more traction yeah so he's increasingly got his feet held to the fire you know and a long-term investor in facebook penned an open letter just saying, you know, please cap your metaverse investments, focus on the business fundamentals. I just think he doesn't have a lot of answers on the business fundamentals part at this point. So he's turned to a kind yeah. of uh, pipe dream project, I would call yeah. it. Yeah, I was just going to say, Barbara, it's, it's very interesting because in my class, I've invited several guests from these brand lists that evaluate brands. Uh, and one of the consistent things that they talk about when they come in with their list and they, you know, companies like Interbrand, Forbes has a list, all, what are the great brands? But when they come in and talk about Facebook, they show us literally data that says that Facebook is one of the most distrusted companies that's out there. And so, you know, and yeah, okay, let's call it meta and put a little bit of lipstick on that pig. But people still are sort of like, they don't trust they don't. They don't have the positive feelings toward kind of the Facebook brand and Mark Zuckerberg, uh, for various reasons that you know that we speak of. So it's not. It's not surprising that you know if you if that's your starting point and you're saying, well, here's the Oculus headset and here's all this stuff, and you know Meta Horizons, I think is there is one of their big products. There was a memo that came out recently that based. Did you see this? Talk about that, Barbara. This idea of of them basically saying you better start using this. Right. <laughs> And they, they backed away from that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's what Peter was talking about. I was going to bring up also. I think, I personally think it's misguided to just focus on the virtual reality part yep. of the metaverse because yep. I think the metaverse is a much bigger idea. Mm. So the idea of Web 3.0, the 24 7 experience where you co create and co build something, that idea is bigger than just virtual reality. Totally. And so that, I think, is kind of cool that Facebook's yeah. leaning into to the bigger idea of meta but forcing yeah. this virtual reality piece i don't think it that makes, makes sense so barbara are there are there any places where our listeners can go to learn more about the metaverse any any courses online or oh. <laughs> anything Did we <laughs> i think i think you yeah. and i and some other colleagues at wharton have uh, you know have done a program on this but uh, anyway back to the regularly scheduled programming here um so yeah i think you're right i think that it still has it you know and I want your thoughts on this, Peter. The metaverse, the value proposition, like what are you doing in there that is going to be, I must be doing this. Not it would be nice to be doing this, but I must be doing this in terms of the value proposition. It's just not clear to me like what that is. I'm understanding that a lot of the crypto folks are in there and the kids who are on Roblox and Minecraft and doing that stuff and younger kids. But I just don't, your point about use cases, Peter, it's just like, why would I do this? That hasn't been answered adequately for me. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, it's a it's a pretty interesting discussion to have, you know, in terms of it's worth talking about, like the metaverse as ideally conceived in the most like uh, bullish person for its head is the true virtual reality. You're in there. You can shop. You can own virtual property, et cetera. You know, that basically doesn't exist. Like in terms of scaled use cases for that, it's just not there. Mm. Uh, when marketers talk about the metaverse, a lot of it is like what you mentioned, Americus, which is like Roblox. We're doing right. 
uh, a special concert in Robox with mm-hmm. Little Nas X. Mm. Uh, and in terms of the utility there for a brand, uh, it's building brand affinity. Uh, it's going, kids don't watch TV anymore. Mm. They play a lot of video games. Right. Right. And if we can kind of reach them here, by the time they are adults right. and they are willing to transact, right. uh, we will be able to set up some sort of commerce infrastructure within this virtual space. So that is, right now, it is mostly a brand building tool, I think. Right. And you could see that to the effect of like the brands that use it. It is not your mom exactly. and pop marketers. <laughs> no, it's Nike, it's Budweiser, it's the giant, big brands, right? Giant companies with a little extra cash to spend on experiments. Because mm, um, when you think about how Facebook originally scaled, its bread and butter is small and mid-sized businesses. It's just not a tool that that type of marketer can tap into, particularly mm. now, considering how budgets are strapped and mm. you just got to focus on uh, what works. Mm. I'm Barbara Codd, along with America's Reed. This is Marketing Matters. Today, we're joined by Peter Adams, who's the senior reporter of Marketing Dive. If you'd like to ask Peter any or any of us questions about today's show, please feel free to call in at 1-844-WHARTON. That's one 942 7866. So, Peter, you have so many stories. Let's just move on. Uh, which one do you want to talk about next? Uh, you know, it's interesting as a touching off point for the, the, the metaverse not having, uh, you know, uh, that many use cases for brands. Agencies clearly want to uh, help fill that gap <laughs> a little bit. Uh, you know, so Forrester, a big researcher, yep. uh, pretty closely watched by marketers. Uh, put out its predictions for next year, and they actually think that Web3 and Metaverse investments from agencies are going to accelerate. So you will see your traditional ad holding groups standing up uh, either standalone service arms or agencies themselves that are all focused on this Web3 idea. And I think, you know, Forrester termed the Metaverse as a shiny object. Mm. I think that is the kind of growing public perception of it as well. But I do think that looking at this stuff now uh, from the marketing services side of the business, you think about agencies, consultancies, uh, you know, this could be a way to just invest more in internal digital capabilities. Uh, You know, agencies historically have been a little stodgier on that front. They've been a little behind the curve, but they have a lot of this upward momentum coming out of the pandemic. And this could be kind of another lever to pull. Uh, to accelerate those investments. And I think your point that we've made before, the difference between metaverse per se is just virtual reality and Web3, which I think is a better name for it, Mm. you know, is more of the Roblox kind of idea, the immersive brand 24-7. And that, I personally think, has incredible legs. Like, I do think that's going to be the future. And certainly as the young people come up, I think people are used to being, you know, able to go on to something whenever they want, not just when, you know, asynchronously they want a community be there. It's going to be more and more digital. They expect to co-create. And to me, that's what Web3 means, Mm. um, which is different than anything we've had before. And if you do, to Peter's point, have Nike and Budweiser and all those brands be building cool things, people's expectations are going to be that those kind of cool things exist, and then you will see smaller brands doing Mm. it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess that's what Forrester is banking on. I mean, I guess that's where their their prediction comes from. Is that right, Peter? Uh, yeah, I think they survey, you know, agency leadership and then they just kind of like take a temperature test. Uh, and you can see, you know, agencies, uh, even as the economy has gone down, uh, have done really well. This historically has not been, you know, usually ad spending, you know, is a reflection of the larger economy. Economy is obviously not in a great place. You would think agencies would be doing poorly. Uh, but they continue to do well. They made a lot of smart bets during the pandemic. They've continued this kind of digital transformation thing 
So going, hey, we've got the tools to meet marketers where they are now. Let's also invest in where they may be looking to in the future. I think is kind of guiding their uh, foresters assessment. You know, another thing you're talking about, ad revenues haven't gone down. I've also seen some articles that um, in times of inflation, the Fed is obviously trying to control that inflation, but they're not being helped by big brands mm. who are raising prices. Mm -hmm. That's not helping inflation. But so you're seeing some of these big brands, and to your point, these agencies not being hurt so much by inflation. If they have really strong brand loyalty, their customers are willing to pay higher and higher prices, which is not good for inflation and the inevitability of a recession, but it does suggest that brands are very strong. Brands are definitely strong. And yeah, the, the continued, and you can look at like certain categories, you know, like Coke just had its earnings report as well. They're talking about increasing marketing investment. I mean, I just think a lot of the common wisdom associated with this type of stuff uh, doesn't stick anymore as it relates to advertising. We're in a very different environment. Uh, this is a different type of uh, potential looming recession, you know, being inflation driven, uh, that type of thing. But yeah, I mean, brands at the end of the day, like if people are willing to not trade down, why would they, mm. uh, you know, why would they, uh, you know, kind of bet against that? Uh, I think it makes sense for them to continue to kind of try and uh, put themselves out there. Yeah, although I would like to see some movement away from inflation myself. So mm. if people would hold price, I wouldn't think that would be such a terrible mm -hmm. thing to do. Mm -hmm. So what's going on with, uh, you know, Kohl's? When you wrote on Kohl's, you wrote kind of about the holiday. Have you started to make predictions about what this holiday is going to look like and uh, what you think? What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, Kohl's uh, uh, just launched a huge ad campaign at the start of the month. Um, you know, we're about to head into that season where this is just going to be, you know, uh, yeah. well, actually, I should say, you know, maybe a little bit more anemic on the mm. marketing front, just given what we've been talking about with the economy. Mm -hmm. I do feel like the Kohl's campaign is kind of a banner of what a lot of holiday marketing will look like this year and mm. that it uh, puts a huge focus on uh, discounts and deals and stuff like their uh, mm. rewards program. Uh. And it uses mostly digital channels to promote them. you got TikTok. Pinterest, Instagram in the mix. Uh, so yeah, brands are really going to be pushing that like deals and discounts messages, which is always a thing around the holidays. But you know, usually it's more of a mix of uh, you get your sentimental, emotional holiday ads, and then you know your your other types of promotional strategies. But this is really central to its like larger anthemic platform is the deals value. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I think that's fascinating because. What we're trying to always figure out, Peter, and get ahead of, and I guess the retailers are trying to get ahead of this too, is like what is this temperature and like what is the right type of tone and message to take in terms of promoting products and trying to generate sales during a holiday season. And so making sure that synchronicity, synchronicity I should say, is there uh, makes a lot of sense. So let's jump to the phone lines. This is Lenny calling from Arkansas. Lenny, what have you got for us? Yeah, I was just going to talk about how you could make money as a small business person like right now you'll scroll through your facebook feed and you'll see an ad for a local business well in the metaverse they would know where you're located so like if you go into a popular club with maybe people from all around the world you could still have billboards you know in the club that maybe that club is making money plus meta is making money and it could be a small business so you see one billboard because you're local to arkansas uh. But somebody in Australia sees a different mm. sign in that club because they're located in Australia. Mm. So, Lenny, are you making that up or do you know that exists? <laughs> Lenny, are, are you a metaverse <laughs> guru? I mean, what's going on here, man? 
I'm just thinking. I was just thinking. You you said it was one of the people. I forget what his name was. Said it would be hard for small businesses to make money. I was Peter was saying that. We call him out. If the meta came up with that, I don't know if they have it right now or not. But if they had mm, that, that would right. be you know that way the, the the club in the metaverse could make a little money off advertising and meta could take a cut as well. Mm, interesting. Yeah, thanks for that call, Lenny. We really appreciate that. That's interesting because I guess in the metaverse, Barbara, there is 100% degrees of freedom to customize everything. Yeah, I yeah. don't know how that works, Peter. Do yeah. you know if that's possible? I, that's why I was asking if Lenny knew. I'm not <laughs> Run, even sure. Running ad placements within a metaverse platform? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is one of the things uh, But localized. And, yeah. only, the it, and it's localized, right? Yeah. Like where Barbara goes into the metaverse and they know where she lives and they kind of know what so, she's been doing and her billboards right. are for Barbara in that exact yeah, same yeah. place. This gets into a few things. I, I don't know. I can't definitively say that absolutely does not exist. Do any of the major platforms currently run a product like that? Like Meta, uh, uh, Roblox, uh, Fortnite, etc. I don't think so. Mm, interesting. Uh, Roblox is introducing in-game ad immersive ad formats that do kind of function like real life billboards mm -hmm. wow. so if you were you know vans you could see uh, in, if you're playing the game you would see a vans billboard and then you could enter the vans world mm. and the vans store interesting that type of thing um in relation to hyper targeting it you get into a different issue area like uh you know is that all data privacy compliant yeah right like serving like hyper targeted localized messages mm. in the metaverse you know this is this is one of the big questions ha hanging over the metaverse is like how uh how much does this adhere to privacy laws is the data being uh, acquired in the right way is that being taken from the platform itself is that coming from the advertiser you know it's a relatively immature space so would something like that theoretically exist like further down the line uh sure I, I think it kind of makes sense, too. It does, because it seems uh, like a good revenue right source. Mm -hmm. Let's take one more call now that we still have Peter. Brian, you're calling from West Palm Beach. Hello, Brian. Yes, hi. Good afternoon. I Just a quick question uh, on being on the topic of metaverse. What is going to, you know, when you go to the various platforms that I guess you could arguably say are kind of representative of a metaverse experience out there right now, there are quite varied a number of different platforms provide that type of roblox uh, environment and i mean going forward the popularity of any one of those to emerge as a front runner do you mm. think that's going to be based right. more on yeah, the question. quality of the experience and yeah. the reality or is it driven more by the marketing of those various platforms to push traffic or well, pull traffic and also, just to add to your question, whether or not you know safety and privacy is an issue, because I know Roblox does care about that. Mm -hmm. But Peter, let's go with you. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, the, there are definitely already like front runners in terms of like this taking them out of. I mean, Roblox is uh, kind of king right now, and yep. that's because they have like fifty plus million daily active users. Yeah. Uh, and I do. Will we see more kind of? Uh, platforms to that effect i i think so mm -hmm. i mean uh roblox is uh you know compared you know fortnite is another one you know, that yeah. launched in 2017 yep. i think mm -hmm. uh these have all quickly become part of the metaverse discussion Interesting. well yeah. they initially brand themselves as metaverse platforms right, right roblox right. and fortnite didn't, but yeah. now they are leaders yeah uh or you Super think about like meta's horizon worlds they yeah. kind of struggled with user growth there but could they theoretically put more consumer yep. facing spending behind promoting that i 
I'm sure they will. Yeah, thanks for the call, uh, so, Brian. Yeah. We, we certainly appreciate that. And the other thing that's interesting, Peter and Barbara, is the notion of, well, what is quality in the metaverse? Yeah, right. What does that's that what even I was mean? Saying. Right? Maybe you feel yeah. safe or like, which I do know Roblox does, yeah. especially because there are a lot of kids there. People yeah. are very worried about a safe metaverse and safe environment. So that should be a priority, yep. in addition to numbers of people on the platform, yeah, et cetera, right. and even technology kinds it's of things. Yeah. Well, we're out of time. This has generated quite a lot of interest. Thank you, Peter, so much for joining joining us. And since you're always on the pulse of the top news, where should we tell our, yes. our listeners to go to listen to you or to find uh, out what you're writing about? Sure. Uh, Marketingdive.com. Uh, We've got a daily newsletter you can sign up for. Uh, you can find my writing there or you could follow me on Twitter at PatchAdams03. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Peter. Thanks a lot. We're going to take a short break. This is Marketing Matters Business Radio, Series 